You're listening to the Young Arthroplasty Group Augment podcast channel, part of AUKUS Amplified from the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons, advancing hip and knee patient care through education, advocacy, research, and outreach. Hi, I'm Anna Cohen-Rosenblum, an academic hip and knee surgeon at LSU in New Orleans. And I'm David Landy, an academic hip and knee replacement surgeon at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm Mark Mildred. I'm in private practice in Eugene, Oregon at the Slocum Center for Orthopedics. We're honored to have Dr. Jeremy Gilliland, hip and knee surgeon at the University of Utah and the 2022 AUKUS Annual Meeting Program Committee Chair. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Dr. Gilliland, what is the process of planning the annual AUKUS meeting? Yeah, so it's a. I mean, it's obviously a big endeavor. It's it's not a, a one-time sitting. It really involves a team, as does everything, right? I mean, so I'm part of the program committee, and the the program committee is really comprised of people that are going to be program chairs or, or program committee chairs in the coming years. And so, there's a team of about ten of us and some AUKUS staff, and we basically curate the content for the meeting with what's given to us by the membership. So it's review of abstracts. It's review of posters, it's, you know, it's review symposia that are s- selected so that we can curate the content, but we're not selecting what's what's in the meeting. I mean, the membership is, and so we have a team of reviewers. Uh, I'm sure many of you reviewed for us. If you did, thank you. Um, You're welcome. And, uh, yeah, because <laughs> it's a painful process. I've done it in the past. We had over 200 reviewers peer reviewing all the content, and then the content is given to the program committee ultimately to me in a giant spreadsheet and and you know you go through that content read all those abstracts and and the rankings and then you know pick the ones that are legitimate abstracts that that seem like they're gonna you know turn into good content and put it together so it's a over a year process as soon as this meeting finishes we start for next year's meeting so we'll we'll, we'll have a meeting at the end of this meeting talking about next year's meeting so it's just an ongoing process to keep it going forward but, but it's been fun so maybe take us through from the time somebody submits an abstract or a symposium idea until when it's actually sort of fully fleshed at the conference and we're seeing it with all the specific presentations, like what happens to the individual submissions that end up making the symposium or the sessions? That's a really good question. So I think it's different for symposia and the actual scientific content. So you know, from a scientific content standpoint, You know, the abstracts are all submitted. We go through those. You have to submit them if you've submitted abstracts, as I'm sure you guys have. You submit them in a a certain category, right? Primary hip, primary knee, those kind of things. For us as a program committee, we will look at that content, and sometimes it's not really in the primary hip or doesn't fit in there. It's more of a health policy topic or things like that. And so we'll kind of move things around to group them into the right settings and categories, and then, you know, they're reviewed. And, And again, once they're reviewed, it's peer-reviewed by several peer reviewers. They'll come up with a ranking, and then we, we sort based on those, and at that point, find the papers that are going to best fit in, in our symposia or our scientific sessions, rather, for the meeting. The symposia are, are different. I mean, the symposia are submitted, and sometimes those are massaged by us to sort of fit better with the meeting, or we ask the, the symposia submitters to maybe change some of the content and say, hey, can you lump two of these together? We've done that in the past where we've had two symposia that might go together to make one really great symposium. And we've asked, you know, the content creators to say, hey, can you guys get together and come up with your faculty and the content based on bringing those two ideas together. So some, there is a little bit of massaging on our end with that content. And, and then as the symposia kind of come together, we will help guide those symposia submitters to make it fit better for the meeting. But ultimately, we just put together what's given to us by the membership, you know. 
I just want to applaud you for correctly using the singular and plural of symposium and symposia. I think that's a challenge for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And so I think you did a really great job just now. So oh, well, <laughs> great. I have no idea what I said. So. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things is kind of guiding the psychology behind the conversations that happen at August. Do you mind giving an example of maybe how content is structured in a certain way that makes sense to the members? Yeah, and this is the thing that I don't know how it's going to come across, right? So I, I, I've put this together. This is, I say I, but it's really we've put this together. It's a team effort, right? And we've put this meeting together, and I have no idea if it's going to come across in a way that the membership um, is happy with, if the way that we structured it is going to guide the way people think about these topics. But it, it has been fun to kind of think about arranging the scientific sessions and the symposia in a certain order to sort of drive the conversation, right? And so, but I don't know how that's gonna come across. I don't know what that conversation is gonna be like. We all know how when we leave this meeting, this is the best meeting for me in orthopedics, right? So we, we leave this meeting and my staff is here, my PAs are here, our nurses are in, and, and we're all kind of going home going, how oh, did you remember that one paper or this one symposium or, or these kind of things that really start to, to lead to a conversation back at home to change what we do, right? Which is the reason we're doing this. but. I don't know, you know, what that conversation is going to be. Uh, I don't know what that, the, the big topic is going to be at the end of the meeting, but we'll see. As we move more into having kind of more business and orthopedic type presentations mm -hmm. and more regarding new technologies, what role or how do you think the committee is going to manage conflicts and how those are presented so that the audience has sort of a, a good feel for maybe potential biases of presenters? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I think that's a challenge moving forward in all that we do. We try to flesh out scientific papers that, that are clearly biased and try not to put those into positions that are going to be on the podium. The symposia are a little more challenging, I think, at times. We ask all the presenters to be clear in their conflict of interest disclosures, right? Whether that happens completely is every year is a bit of a challenge, but this year we went above and beyond, and so in the instructions that we gave to presenters, we were quite clear on exactly what needed to be said about disclosures. And then we even took it to the moderators of each session to say, look, your job as a moderator is to review every talk for that session and to, to, to find out from the, you know, the things that are published in the meeting disclosure portion to find out each of those presenters' disclosures and make sure that they're highlighted. And if they're not highlighted on stage, it's the moderator's job to say, by the way, this presenter is a consultant for X, Y, or Z, and that could be a conflict, right? So we're trying to do it a little bit better this year. I think always it could be done better because it, it's super important. I think one of the challenges it seems like is sometimes the person most qualified to speak on some of these Correct. topics is also the most exactly. conflicted. And I don't know if it's just a, like a caveat emptor sort of situation where we all sort of know these people and we should be aware or if we need to continue to be sort of more diligent. And, you know, this year it seems like the audience is even bigger. So maybe the audience may be slightly less aware. What do you think about that? Yeah, no. And I think that that happens a lot here because you get papers submitted and the senior author is not often the one presenting. It's often a resident or a fellow, which is, you know, one of the benefits of a being a resident or a fellow and, and presenting something. But they don't even really know how to fully disclose. Sometimes those slides are glossed over. You know, there's a disclosure slide with 8,000 disclosures on it. You can't read one of them. And it's like, here are my disclosures, none of which are pertinent. Boom, next talk. And, and we're hoping that this year it's a better process. We're hoping that people will highlight 
what disclosures are actually pertinent to that talk, right, that the membership needs to hear and know about. But whether it comes off fully, I don't know, right? But you're absolutely right. I mean, it's something we need to be aware of. Uh, were there any challenges with the venue change, just as we're at a new place this year, which is fantastic, but were there any unique challenges as far as planning AUKUS around a new physical location? Yeah, no, not for me. I mean, I'm just driving the content for the, the general session, That's right? Um, <laughs> no, 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 it's a good, it's a good question. It's a good question, Leave right? Leave it in. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question, but not luckily not for me, right? There's no way. This meeting is enormous, sure. right? I mean, People are telling me like, oh, great job with the meeting. I, I'm not, that's not my meeting. Like all I've done is put what's gonna be in the scientific content, right? But the AUKUS staff is, I mean, it's huge, right? They're doing so much. And I think this the venue's great. Luckily for me, it's not been an issue. But from what I've heard from mostly AUKUS staff, it's been a smooth transition without a lot of issue. What do you think has contributed to AUKUS and the membership going up you know, substantially where a lot of the other societies, you know, membership is maybe even declining a little bit. Yeah, I think it's because we're in the best field, right? I mean, this what makes me proud to be a member of this society and, and a, really a kind of hip and knee replacement surgeons. I, you know, if you look at the, some of the content, it's depressing, right? We're getting paid less. We're getting asked to do more. We have to collect proms. We don't know how to do it with the money that we have. Right, but the number of people showing up to meeting is only going up. Right, we're all here geeking out about joint replacement and talking about how do we do this better, how do we do it more efficiently, how do we take better care of patients, despite being paid less to do it and you know told that we're not doing it very well. Right, so I think we just we have a I guess the blessing of a really great field. So intrinsically, we're we're all going to participate and want to do better and do more, which makes me proud of who we are. Anything that you would like to highlight this year that's been different from a meeting standpoint? I would say the biggest thing that I would highlight is what's going on in all the courses outside of the general session, right? So if you look around, it's been really fun for me. This year I have no commitments other than making sure that the general session looks okay, but I didn't put myself on any podiums or anything so I can walk around and just see what's happening. And yesterday was great. I was at the WIA cadaver course, the surgical skills course. I mean, all women faculty, all doing like really great surgery, like all, you know, showing robotics and anterior hips and posterior hips and knee. It was just really cool to walk around and see what's going on. The YAG group, I mean, the, it was standing room only for the discussions on setting up your practice. I mean, I, I literally walked in that room and I thought it was the general session. It was huge. <laughs> it was unbelievable, right? Uh, the resident course yesterday, the business lunch that they had, just kind of talking to residents and fellows, how to get a fellowship, how to set up a practice. I mean, it was, it was, completely everybody's fully engaged really great discussion and then like the nth dimensions from the dab group the diversity advisory board they put on an nth dimensions bioskills lab for high school students these are things that it doesn't happen in north peaks in general right but it certainly wasn't happening at AUKUS 10-15 years ago but now you know you walk around and there's just all kinds of energy in different places and it's just fun to be a part of it right we would be remiss if we did not also mention the karaoke night that right. happened last night with the young arthroplasty group <laughs> sure to would, be yeah. a <laughs> annual event i hope it's an annual event because I, I unfortunately karaoke is a huge part of my life if you didn't know <laughs> uh, in my or karaoke is a daily event so uh, my staff 
select curates the music for the day based on you know kind of my mood or whatever and so we will we do karaoke in my OR all the time I wish I was there it just kind of last night got away from me you know so well but, maybe at but your next meeting, year we'll do it so at the yeah. meeting you're going to set up after this meeting to talk about next year's yeah. meeting you can start your song selection at that correct point, correct yeah I'll and I'm hearing that. your staff yeah. set the content for your songs in the OR yeah they yeah. guide they guide that conversation yeah they yeah they, they guide the way the day is going to go you know so Thank you for joining us for the Young Arthroplasty Group Augment podcast channel. Visit AUKUS.org to learn more about how members of American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons educate, advocate, investigate, and perform humanitarian outreach in the field of hip and knee replacement surgery.